Good afternoon and welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Scott Greeson, Conservation Director with Friends of the Eel River. The Eco News Report is an exclusive feature of KHSU brought to you by the North Coast Environmental Center, publisher of our regional environmental newspaper, the Eco News. Don't forget you can find this show and other KHSU public affairs shows on the audio archives page at khsu.org. Well, folks, hyperpartisan, divided, gridlock government, we're often told, is a critical reason we can't begin to address the pressing problems we face like climate change. And yet, when Democrats and Republicans do get together to forge bipartisan deals, as the press likes to say, it's not necessarily a good thing, especially for an embattled environment. Perhaps the most striking example of joint bipartisan action at the expense of the environment comes from here in California over the last week, with outgoing Democratic Governor Jerry Brown endorsing a deal between California's two most powerful legislators, Republican House Majority Leader and putative Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, and Senior Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein. The McCarthy-Feinstein agreement is to extend a hugely controversial 2016 bill to 2028 by adding it as a so-called rider to a must-pass government funding bill. With me today to talk about Jerry Brown's big play and this whole deal are two longtime observers of salmon and politics in California, John McManus, president of the Golden Gate Salmon Association and a former commercial salmon fisherman. Welcome, John. Welcome. Thanks, Scott. And Regina Chichazola, longtime advocate for clean water and fisheries, formerly the director of Klamath Riverkeeper and communications coordinator for the Hoopa Valley Tribe. She's currently a salmon and water policy analyst with the Pacific Coast Federation of Fishermen's Associations, and she's here today as the co-director of Save California Salmon. Hi, Regina, and could you just tell us about Save California Salmon? Yeah, Scott, I would love to. Save California Salmon is a fairly new group. We organize around salmon and clean water issues throughout California from the perspective of people who rely in their daily lives on salmon and clean water. So a lot of our board members are Native people from different tribes that rely on salmon and fishermen and other people who rely on clean water for both their living but also for their daily lives and culture. So we work on um, the Sacramento River, the Eel River, the Smith River, the Klamath River and the Trinity River and anywhere where salmon are having a hard time but could be restored to harvestable levels that can support our communities. Great. John, why don't you tell us about the Golden Gate Salmon Association and what you guys do, what your mission is? Golden Gate Salmon Association is a coalition that represents both sport and commercial salmon fishermen and related businesses. Our mission is to restore the big salmon runs that come from the Central Valley of California Most of that emphasis is in the Sacramento Valley. We don't work on coastal streams. We're in the Central Valley. So, John, maybe you could tell us a little bit about this proposal, the huge Delta water deal that Jerry Brown, Diane Feinstein, and Kevin McCarthy have come together on. The basic idea, as I understand it, is to, as I said in the intro, extend the so-called WIN Act, Water Infrastructure for Improvements for the Nation, passed in 2016 through what looks like 2028? What, what's this all about? Actually, when it was passed in 2016, it was set to expire in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it was a drought um, bill, kind of, effort, right? Yeah, it was a drought bill. Well, it was masked as a drought bill. But the effort right now is to extend it, even though it's not expiring for another two years, working to get it extended out to at least 2028. 
And you might ask, why are they doing this now if it doesn't expire for two more years? Indeed. Why is Dianne Feinstein rushing to get this through Congress when the House is in the hands of the Republicans and soon to be in the hands of Democrats who are, you would think, her allies? But she's rushing to get it through now while the Republicans still control the House. Let me back up just for a little bit. There have been efforts over the years to rebalance water diversion and water allocation in the Central Valley of California, going back to the Central Valley Project Improvement Act of 1992, and eventually the application of the Federal Endangered Species Act to spring-run salmon and winter-run salmon. That started in the mid-'90s, but didn't really have any teeth until about 2009. But in these efforts to reform how water is diverted in the Central Valley, to leave a little bit for salmon, basically the water users in the San Joaquin Valley, particularly in the western San Joaquin Valley, who rely on northern California water, didn't like these efforts in 92 and subsequently that were putting water back in the environment for salmon at their expense. And they've been trying ever since to undo those efforts and get more water for themselves. The WIN Act, first passed in December 2016, is their latest effort at doing that. In that bill, among many other features, it basically allows the people that are running the big giant pumps in the San Francisco Bay Delta to crank up the pumps beyond prior limits under certain circumstances. There were prior limits, so as to limit the damage to salmon. There were pumping constraints. And these guys are trying to get around those pumping constraints. They rammed through the WIN Act in 2016 to allow the rules to be bent, especially after big storms when there's a bunch of runoff coming down to the Bay and the Delta. That's basically when they're most interested in setting aside any and all protections for salmon and cranking the pumps up. So basically, again, the law is set to be in place until 2021. They're afraid that come 2021, we don't know who's going to be in the White House or in Congress. The law might expire. That would be good for salmon. It'd be bad for those who grow almonds and pistachios in the western San Joaquin Valley, most of which end up being exported to China, by the way. So they're trying to ram through this extension of their lousy law that will greatly harm salmon, which is why we don't back it. There's a lot of other provisions in the WIN Act, including in this current rider, written up by Feinstein and McCarthy, above and beyond bending pumping constraints. And we can talk a little bit about that later. But the reason I mention that is because it has to do with how they got Jerry Brown hooked into this effort. Right. But the the central issue when you talk about rebalancing the San Joaquin and the Central Valley and the, the Delta pumps, John McManus with Golden Gate Salmon Association, is this question really of restoring a situation in which salmon can survive in those rivers. And and the wholesale pumping from those rivers rendered them really inhospitable to salmon. So what we're talking about now is an effort to, to really put the water back in the rivers and put salmon back in the rivers, which these bills frustrate and, and make more difficult. Yep. And in fact, it. the Sacramento Bee, in a, an article from November 30th of this year, describes the McCarthy-Feinstein-Jerry Brown gambit as, quote, an attempt to stave off a controversial proposal 
by the State Water Resources Control Board to, in, in the words of this article, divert considerably more of the San Joaquin's flow to fish, leaving less for farms and cities. That's a really strange way to say leave water in the river for fish. But, but this does highlight that there's a part of this that has to do with the way that state officials are actually trying to protect public trust resources, water flow, fisheries, and this is an effort to actually frustrate that. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is really complicated, and I feel bad for the listeners. Uh, I'll take a stab at it. So University of California Davis took a look at how water is used in the Central Valley, and they realized it's like a game of musical chairs. When the music stops, who's going to get stuck without a chair? They realized people were diverting water for decades and decades and decades in the Central Valley with basically nobody paying attention. And by the time we started paying attention just a few decades ago, the water had already been promised at about five times the level that nature provides every year. So people have claimed rights and permits for water that doesn't really exist. Paper water. Um, paper water. In the meantime, where you really see the effects is there's so little of the rivers flowing into the delta anymore that in many years we're seeing outbreaks of toxic blue-green algae, kind of like that you have in some of the reservoirs above the dams on the Klamath River, it's what you get when you have basically a stagnant cesspool with a bunch of pollutants going in and very little fresh water flow to blow it out. So we're seeing that in the Delta quite a bit these days. And the other really big harm is we don't have enough water in the springtime to deliver the little baby salmon down the river and out to the ocean. They're pretty lousy swimmers. They've evolved in nature basically to hitchhike on spring runoff. But now with everybody diverting and dams all over the place, there's very, very little spring runoff. So along comes the State Water Resources Control Board, the adult in the room, who is supposed to be making sure there's enough water left in the environment so we don't kill the environment. But they've only been active basically in recent times. And they're desperately grappling with this problem right now, this five times overextension, toxic, stagnant cesspool in the Delta. And they're on the verge of requiring that the diverters cut back a little bit on their diversions, leave a little bit more water in the rivers, and see if we can restore a little bit of the health of the rivers and the delta where these rivers flow into. So that's the state body that's involved in trying to do the right thing. By the way, they're scheduled to meet next Monday, December 12th, and take a vote on whether they're going to require new protections they were supposed to take this same boat back in August, and they delayed it till November. They got together in November, and at the 11th hour, received a letter from Jerry Brown and Governor-elect Gavin Newsom asking for a 30-day delay to allow the diverters to negotiate a settlement agreement with the state that would be voluntary. And the 30 days is up next Monday, and the state board's going to get together, and we do not expect to see a settlement agreement, although we might be surprised, but reports from those involved suggest that they're still not close to figuring this out. So the state board convenes next Monday, and our fingers are crossed that they will take a vote and an action to finally restore some of the health of the rivers and cut back on these diversions. So a lot of moving pieces here. If you're just tuning in, folks, this is Scott Greeson. I'm with Conservation Director with Friends of the Eel River. This is the Eco News Report. I'm talking today with John McManus of the Golden Gate Salmon Association and Regina Chichizola of Save California Salmon 
about a big water deal for the Delta, the Sacramento River, uh, San Joaquin River, being put together by Diane Feinstein, Jerry Brown, and Kevin McCarthy. Regina, I want to talk with you a little bit about what this proposal portends for the communities that Save California's Salmon is fighting for. What does this mean for Native peoples and peoples who really depend on salmon to sort of commit to a plan that says more water for ag, less water for fish? Well, there are some issues that come up in ACT and a lot of moving parts that probably some of the viewers have heard about that are strictly related. One of them is the Shasta Dam raise, which would raise the Shasta Dam and flood out a lot of Winnemowintu lands. And it could also complicate a plan to reintroduce winter-run salmon above the Shasta Dam. And the WIN Act provides quite a lot of money to help that dam raise happen and also it allows uh, the public process to move faster for the Shasta Dam raise. So this is a piece that John didn't Sorry, talk about say? earlier, is a, another provision of the WIN Act that's about funding for dam and other water storage projects, including the Shasta Dam project that the state of California opposes, right? Yes, so that and also there's funding in this possibly to help the process along to build the site's reservoir and another reservoir on the San Joaquin River, the Temperance Flat Reservoir. For the Shasta Dam raise, California, it is against California law because it would flood the McLeod River, which is a wild and scenic river in California at this time, cannot support the Shasta Dam raise. However, the governor is supporting this legislation, so that's kind of questionable. But next week, on the same day as this state board hearing on flows, there's also going to the Westlands Water District, which is probably the most notoriously corrupt and bad water district in the state, is going to be having a hearing in Reading that evening about whether that's part of the CEQA process on whether or not to raise the Shasta Dam. And from what I understand, state agencies can't really be supporting this public process through the state because it's probably illegal through the state to raise the Shasta Dam. So instead, we have an irrigation district that is doing the secret process. Bizarre. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. And so one of the things I would really would like to bring up for your listeners also is you know, this Trinity River, which is the largest tributary to the Klamath River, is diverted into the Sacramento River. So anything that happens on the Sacramento that has to do with water storage in March diverged the Twin Tunnels proposal, Jerry Brown's proposal that is probably behind while he's, why he supports this act, or the building of the site's reservoir, or the building of the Shasta Reservoir, or any of these flow proposals directly do impact to the Trinity River and thus the Klamath River, because every time the Sacramento River gets too warm for salmon, they decide to divert more Trinity water into it. And it took us a 30-year fight to get some of the flows restored into the Trinity River. Really, they're not enough to actually restore the Klamath and the Trinity yet. So all these different proposals and all these different things happening seem like they're kind of far away, but they're actually very close to home because they do affect the North Coast and the Klamath. Thanks for putting that together for us, Regina. Back to John McManus with the Golden Gate Salmon Association. Where do we go from here with this? This appears, as we said in the lead-up, the mechanism that Majority Leader McCarthy and Senator Feinstein are using is a rider, a a non-germane amendment to a must-pass spending bill. How long do we have? How is this decision going to get made? Well, it's hard to say. 
The writer supposedly was going to get tacked on, as you said, the must-pass spending bill. The government funding expires this Friday, but I understand they've cobbled together some temporary funding to keep it going to buy some time because of events in Washington, D.C. this week. It's not clear. We haven't actually seen the writer yet, officially. It's going to have to be voted on in both the House and in the Senate. It's not clear that both of those bodies will approve tacking this writer onto an appropriations bill. It might be that we wake up and find out the folks in D.C. can't agree on funding the government, or at least not in the form of an appropriations bill. They might elect to do what's called a continuing resolution, which basically says take your existing funding and just stretch it out another six months, 12 months, whatever period of time. And then they'll have a fight as to whether it's so-called a clean bill or whether the writers are attached to it. A lot of times there's so much acrimony that they basically throw their hands up and say, okay, listen, the only way we can keep the government open is to continue current funding levels with absolutely no additional writers attached. That could happen. So we don't know. There's a number of different ways this could go. But if this bill does pass as, as we are currently understand it to exist, what we're looking at is really a federal override of state protections in some ways. Is, th- is that what it adds up to? Well, you know, to be quite honest with you, that's not quite right. Okay. It's really complicated. <laughs> One of the best but, parts of doing this show is I actually learn things while I'm doing it. So help me understand this. So the protections for salmon, for instance, that would be set aside are federal protections for salmon right. under the Federal Endangered Species Act. So that part wouldn't necessarily violate state law, although it gets complicated because winter run and spring run Central Valley fall run salmon are also listed under the California Endangered Species Act. But actually, you know, you go down a rabbit hole talking about all that stuff. Right. I guess what I can say is the funds that Regina alluded to that are in this rider total, as I understand it, about 660 to $670 million, we believe, and, and I agree with Regina. We believe they would probably end up being spent to construct a taller Shasta Dam. They want to bump it up 18 and a half feet so it stores more water. We believe they'd probably find some money for the site's reservoir project and the Temperance Flat Dam that Regina mentioned. But I will say this in the writer, as we understand it right now, those dams are not named. Right. The, the funds are simply set aside. Another wrinkle here is when it's time to actually pin dollar amount from that fund to those dams, that would probably be next year sometime when the Democrats are in control of the House and will have some say-so over that process. So we'll have an opportunity to stop bad things from happening. It's hard for me to figure out how to handicap our chances right now. There's a lot of moving parts. Right. So one thing that this whole story raises, one one question it raises for me fairly obviously is the lack of consensus in state Democratic leadership in California over these issues. Obviously, Dianne Feinstein has a very different view of the politics of water supply than her former colleague, Barbara Boxer, who fought the WIN Act fiercely in, in her last act as a senator. But when we look at Governor Jerry Brown and his successor, Gavin Newsom, it's hard for me to tell if there's any difference between the two of them on these key issues, specifically on the Delta Tunnels. 
do we see any difference in their positions on the, those questions? I can jump in. Regina might have some thoughts on this one, too. Yeah. We, we don't really know yet. Gavin Newsom has said very little on the tunnels, quite on purpose, I think. And what little he has said has suggested he might be interested in taking a look at a single tunnel proposal instead of a twin tunnel proposal. Time will tell where he comes down on that question. But one thing that we haven't gotten to in this discussion is how it was that Senator Feinstein and Republican House Leader McCarthy managed to get Jerry Brown to support this writer. Right. And my understanding is getting back to this business before the state water board that's going to be decided next Monday, Jerry Brown wants to avoid the state water board taking action. It would rather bring so-called voluntary settlement agreements struck with the water diverters to the state board for their blessing. The reason the water users might go along with such a thing is if Jerry Brown says to them, listen, we understand it's difficult for you to cut back on your water diversions, but if you agree to spend a bunch of money to build new habitat like floodplains and side channels and gravel spawning beds for salmon, we can give you credit for that and count that against any water you might be owing to us. In other words, we'll let you off the hook on taking any more water if you do habitat. And by the way, maybe we can sweeten the deal. If we can get money out of the WINAC rider to pay for those habitat restoration activities, then maybe it's not going to cost you a dime. You don't have to give up so, any water uh, and we'll do the improvements for you. Yeah. Exactly. So along the way, we've heard that in this WINAC rider business, they put in a $10 per acre foot fee to be charged to some people who might receive water from the Federal Water Project, the Central Valley Project. They might have to pay $10 an acre foot tax or surcharge in the future to fund these so-called salmon restoration activities to spur Jerry Brown's voluntary settlements along. In addition, there's some reason to believe that the feds probably came forward and said to Jerry Brown, Jerry, you know, what's really important to you is your twin tunnels, which you've been pushing for for eight years. There's currently a permit in front of the state water board to allow those tunnels to be built. That permit was applied for jointly by the Federal Bureau of Reclamation hand-in-hand with the state Department of Water Resources. We, the feds, might just choose to withdraw our support for that application, Jerry, if you don't play ball with us on this wind rider. And then the application collapses. The whole tunnel project gets set back many years. A new application would have to be put together, et cetera, et cetera. So there's some thinking that this may be going on and maybe what really propelled Brown to join forces with this most unlikely alliance. It, it does look like how it came together. Yeah, and it's, well, <laughs> it's not unusual, but it's, it's hard to stomach, I guess is the way to put it. I mean, Regina made the point earlier, and she's absolutely right, that the state has come out publicly against raising Shasta Dam. And yet here we have Jerry Brown supporting a proposed bill in Congress that, among other things, would set aside funds to raise Shasta Dam. Absolutely. If it sounds like a contradiction, folks, you're hearing this correctly. It is. Yeah. But what he wants out of the deal is this so-called $10 an acre foot fund that he can use to strike a deal with the water users on the one hand, and at the same time he needs to buy peace with the feds we're probably threatening to withdraw their support for his Delta Tunnels permit application. Right. So we're running out of time. Regina, I want to get you in for a last note. 
if if you were in charge, if you were queen of the Delta and and California Central Valley, what would we be doing now? What would where would we be going? Well, I think for anywhere in California, the most important thing that could be happening is this flow process through the state water board. For for this process, it's an update to the Delta plan, but there are similar processes that are going to be happening on the North Coast also. And we've seen over and over again that restoration projects are really important, but if you have habitat without water, then you're just not going to have salmon. So, you know, making sure not to put new diversions in, like would go to sites reservoirs, not just the reservoirs, new diversions too. You know, making sure that we're not diverting more water, that we are doing this type of important restoration, but fish need water ultimately. Dam removal and restored flows in the appropriate places are going to be the only thing that not only restore the salmon, but restore them to levels where people can be harvesting them and living off of them again. So um, I think the most important thing that could happen is we put the pressure on the state to restore the flows in the Delta, and we make sure these processes stay strong so when we come to the North Coast, we have scientific processes on how much water fish need to survive. And what we're dealing with now in the state board is already a watered-down, not watered-down, but a dewatered-down plan <laughs> in order to put the minimal amount of flows into the river into the, and into the Delta. We need stronger plans to put more water in and to restore our salmon. And the light with climate change coming, if we're not dealing with water issues, we're going to not have salmon. And we're also not going to have clean drinking water for people either because the Delta doesn't just provide for salmon. It provides for people's drinking water throughout the state. So there's a, there's a lot on the line here, and I think we need to make sure we're putting the pressure on the state as much as possible. Great. If people want more information about Save California Salmon, where do they find it? There is a website called californiasalmon.org, and also we have a Facebook page, Save California Salmon. And we have details on that Facebook page on how people can get to the state board hearing on the flows into the Delta, and also how people can get to the Shasta Dam Raising Meeting in Redding. And we're also going to have information on that on the Facebook page and hopefully the website, too, on a rally that Restore the Delta and Food and Water Watch are doing at Diane Feinstein's office this Thursday at 11 o'clock in San Francisco. I'm going to need everyone possible to be calling Feinstein and asking her to back off of this and also getting engaged and going to these state board meetings and going to these public meetings and letting both the feds and the state know that we're not going to let them wipe out our clean water and our salmon in California. Thank you. So um, we're all about getting as many people involved in support as possible so that they can make change. Thanks, Regina, and thank you for all that work. And John McManus, Golden Gate Salmon Association. How do people find out about it? How do they plug in with you? We're at Golden Gate Salmon Association on Facebook. We've got the website, too. just want to say, Scott, if your listeners' heads are spinning after all this stuff, don't feel bad. It took me about 10 years to become conversant in this California water stuff. And I just feel bad, you know, having it's so doggone complicated what's going down right now in this writer. I, I just want to express some empathy with listeners. That's very well put. And I, I appreciate that, John. I, I got to say, I have a lot of faith in our listeners here at KHSU and on the North Coast. You know, a lot of really substantial background. And basically, my experience has been that having these kind of conversations really helps people rise to meet the challenge. So I very much appreciate both of you joining me here today and bringing, you know, the, the combination of passion and detail that is necessary to, you know, begin to understand what we're dealing with and confront it. Thanks so much. 
Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank Thanks, Regina. Yeah, this has been the Eco News Report. My name's Scott Greason. I've been your host for the past half hour. I've been speaking again with John McManus of the Golden Gate Salmon Association and Regina Chichizola of Save California Salmon. If you have any questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. You can always hear this broadcast again on the archive programs page of the station's website at khsu.org. The Eco News Report is produced at Humboldt State University in cooperation with the North Coast Environmental Center. Tune in again next week at the same time for the Eco News Report.